All right, let's get right into our study. Uh, the guide inside, we're going to finish up um, whatever chapter number this is, <laughs> chapter 10, the second half of chapter 10, uh, starting on, uh, well, we're going to start on 147, like in fullness, but I'm going to back up a little bit to 146, 145, and, uh, and then we'll go from there, and hopefully we'll get um, a good portion into uh, chapter 11 as well. So um, we left off last week talking about with stammering lips in another tongue, uh, will we, he speak to this people that uh, praying in other tongues is one of the best ways to tune yourself up and to get into the arena of hearing from the Spirit of God because you are, uh, in order to pray in other tongues, you're not you're not uh, producing the words, but you're yielding your yielding your uh, vessel or your tongue and your vocal cords to God's Spirit. He gives the words; you do the speaking. So uh, you do have to speak, but the words are not something that you conjure up or that you think up or that you like write down. Okay, I'm going to make these sounds and these things. No, that comes from God Himself, uh, and you speak as He gives you the utterances. They come from the Spirit of God, so it's actually a supernatural experience. But when you pray in an unknown tongue, Paul said, when I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. So I know if I'm going to pray in an unknown tongue, it is my spirit praying. So by default, to pray in other tongues, my spirit is isolated. In other words, I'm yielding uh, from my spirit, in my spirit, to the Holy Spirit, and speaking out of my spirit, words from the spirit. And so it's a blessing. And you know, one of the things to realize is other tongues is a distinctive move of God in this dispensation. Now those are like some big words there, but what that means is when Jesus left and he went to heaven, he said, it's better for you that I'm going away. Why Jesus? Well, because if I don't go away, my spirit cannot come. He will not come. But if I go away, I'm going to send him to you. So Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to you. And when you're born again, the Holy Spirit is the one that recreates you on the inside. He makes you brand new. But He'll make you brand new, and then Christ comes to live in, in you by His Spirit. But there is an experience after being born again that is also of the Spirit of God, and Jesus Christ will baptize you or immerse you into His Spirit. And when that happens, Jesus said, when He has come, He will speak. So only thing I know to tell you is that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, when you're immersed in or what... Uh, the Holy Spirit through Paul calls baptized in the Holy Spirit, then what happens is something's got to give. And so when you yield to receive him that way, you get so full that all of a sudden you begin to speak. And so these utterances begin coming out. And you see this in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, on the day of Pentecost, they were all together in one place. And there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind and filled all of them. And they sat upon them above their heads, tongues of fire. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Uh, they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, sometimes people will say, well, that was just for the day of Pentecost because there it said that they heard them speak in their own native tongues. Imagine that. Uh, you heard all these people, uh, what was it, Medes and Persians, and I don't remember all, the, uh, all the, the cultures there, but the wonderful works of God. But they heard it in their own language. 
But notice that the Bible doesn't say that they spoke in the native languages of those people. It just says that they heard them in their native languages. Now, I heard somebody say, oh, maybe like uh, I was talking to somebody maybe about nine months ago. And they were saying, well, you know, when they were speaking in other tongues, when you speak in other tongues, it has to be uh, for the purpose of preaching the gospel. And so when they spoke, they spoke in those languages so those people could hear the gospel in their native language. Well, um, you know, again, the Bible doesn't say that, but actually in uh, 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says, he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks to God and not to men. So the question is, what do you do with that scripture? Uh, because he, you know, you're going to speak in an unknown tongue. That right there says you're not speaking to men, but you're speaking to God. Uh, Howbeit, no man understands them. In the spirit, he speaks mysteries uh, or divine secrets or God-granted utterances that are a secret to the natural mind, the natural man and the devil himself, right? So he doesn't like you to pray in other tongues, but in this dispensation or this period of time, because, you know, I I love reading 1 Corinthians 13 uh, every day. And so in, in meditating on that, you see like, you know what? Tongues are going to cease uh, because, or one translation says, lose their effectiveness, uh, no longer effective. Uh, and that's when we n- know as we are already fully known. So in other words, when we see him face to face, we're going to know more completely than we know now. And the purpose of tongues uh, is, is ceased. Well, then that tells me, whoa, if they're going to cease because they're no longer necessary, because I will know even as I am known, then he must God is not stupid. So he gave us this wonderful gift now. And uh, that's why I love Isaiah 28, 11, with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. Well, uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Mark Brzee. So he didn't like, like continue verse 12, but if you continue reading in verse 12, uh, at the very end of verse 12, it says, yet they would not hear. In other words, uh, your flesh, the default of your flesh is all oh, that tongues is not that important. No, that tongues is not that significant because uh, the devil wants to keep you out of it. And your flesh doesn't like you to speak in other tongues because you have to yield your flesh over to the spirit of God and to your own spirit in order to pray in other tongues. And when you do that, your flesh is not calling the shots. <laughs> And I don't know about your flesh, but my flesh likes to just decide everything that I'm going to do or say or think. And so, but I kind of like to say, no, you're not. Uh, You are not my God and I am not my flesh. I am a spirit. Uh, I have a soul and I live in this body. This is simply the earth suit. And the Bible said, glorify God in your spirit and in your body, which are the Lord's or in your body and your spirit, which are the Lord's. And so uh, we're to glorify God with our bodies. And then uh, Romans chapter eight, uh, verse, what is it? Verse one, let's turn over there real quick because that's where we're going uh, in, in the, that's where he already was and where we're gonna stay for also chapter 11. So I think I got a marker here. There we go. Romans chapter eight. Uh, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who do not walk after the flesh, but after the spirit for the law. I love this verse for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I'm going to read that again. For the law of the spirit of life, that is Zoe, the life and nature of God. So the law of the spirit of life. So there is a law of the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus, or that is that we, um, uh, 
that lives in us and through us in our union with Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. In other words, so there's a law of sin and it produces death, but the only way to transcend that law or supersede that law or overpower that law is by the law of the spirit of life, which is in our union with Christ Jesus. So um, it's made us free from the law of sin and death. So the law of sin and death no longer dominates those who are in union with Christ uh, because we are under the law, the dominion of the law of the spirit of life uh, in our union with him. Um, For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us in you and in me who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Well, don't get real scared. I guess I should just keep reading for context here. Uh, But I will say like, uh, you're like, well, yeah, but that's, that is my problem. That is my problem. I keep walking in the flesh. Well, you're going to walk in the flesh because I don't know last time you checked, but you're in the flesh. Like take right now, some of your skin and pinch fingernails just as hard as you can, right? (laughs) See if you feel it, right? Well, if you don't feel it, we'll pray for you for healing. for your nerves in Jesus name Uh, but you're in the flesh and uh, I think as we mentioned uh, last week uh, on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost was poured out uh, people are like what is going on with these people what happened with them like it's like nine o'clock in the morning and they're drunk and Peter said no 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 really what Paul said in Corinthians He said, spiritual things can only be understood by spiritual people. And so he's saying, this is, these are not drunk as you suppose, because you're looking at these people. Jeremy's drinking something makes me think I could clear my throat. That's a good cue. Okay. So I can't, I don't like it when I hear somebody like that because you just want to clear your throat for them the whole time. So praise the Lord. Anyhow, um, what was I saying? Praise the Lord. So these people, uh, yeah, Peter. So Peter is saying, these are not drunk as you suppose. So he's saying, you're looking at things after the natural. And you're thinking, these people are probably going to have a hangover tomorrow. Let me tell you, they had no hangover. They are on a high after a high after a high because they're filled with the Holy Ghost. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Um, In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh, right? So your flesh is not a bad thing. It just needs to be yielded to the right thing because your flesh can be yielded to the wrong thing. Uh, like, uh, the internet. So on the internet, boy, imagine if we didn't have the internet when COVID hit, right? What a blessing to the church this technology is, but you know what? People bully people on the internet. People use it for pornography. People use it for, uh, uh, what do you call it? To coordinate terrorist attacks. People use it for all kind of horrible things. The internet is not evil or good. It's the internet, right? Uh, I heard somebody say, who was it? I can't think of exactly how he said it because I want to kind of tease him. But anyhow, happened to be Pastor Mark. He said something about it. Like I used to work with a guy and he called it the interwebs. Like, so you go out into the interwebs and, and everything and, uh, uh, one of my favorite little uh, memes that used to be out maybe like 10 or 15 years ago was like, uh, you have now reached the end of the internet, right? And I'm like, how can you reach the end of the internet? Uh, anyhow, these are not drunk as you suppose. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. 
And so in other words, this is not a natural occurrence. This is a supernatural occurrence. And it brings joy beyond uh, what drunkenness could ever bring you. Be not drunk with wine, uh, Ephesians chapter 5. That is, ex- that is the excess of the flesh. But be filled with the Spirit. So that's like given into the flesh in a great and enormous way, being drunk with wine. But he's contrasting that and saying, if you want an experience that will actually, um, uh, what do you call it? Make you unconscious of the trials and tests of life or make you feel like you're not under those. Well, be filled with the Spirit because you'll actually begin to see things the way God sees them, like you're seated with Christ in heavenly places far above all the stuff that's going on so that your decisions and your actions and your thoughts are not dominated by the natural things, but you actually are so full of the Holy Spirit that you walk in love. Well, wouldn't that be a miracle? And so, excuse me. So Jude verse 20 says, uh, my beloved Build yourselves up in the Holy Ghost on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping yourselves in the love of God. We just plead the blood of Jesus. We declare like no accident and no evil and no lightning strikes on us as we do this in the name of Jesus. And so we thank God for his protection and his favor around you and around us and and, um, in every way, in every direction. And, and he is our protector. Uh, he keeps us safe and secure under his wings, under his mighty hand. And no weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up in judgment against you, uh, it's going to be found to be in the fall. Uh, uh, what do you call it? At fault or false. And so God is good. God is a protector. He is a provider. When it seems like there is no way out, oh, he makes a way in the wilderness. He makes a he makes a tunnel right through through the drifts of snow where you think there's no way out of this thing. I'm socked in. I'm going to freeze to death. He makes a way. Uh, and you know, that, that smell, uh, snow will melt like with fervent heat just from the presence of the Lord and the power of God. And when, when God shows up, the earth itself moves. Uh, you know, in other words, the earth is not going to say stand in the way of God. But when he shows up, even the mountains will be removed, right? <laughs> Woo, glory to God. He's a big God. He's a good God. And we ought not to limit him. And, um, uh, praise the Lord. Uh, <clears throat> God is so, so good. So with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people, uh, yet they would not hear. And so for us is to have ears to hear and eyes to see what the Spirit of God is saying. And um, having ears to hear is so affected by our yieldedness to his Spirit. And when we yield to his Spirit by praying in other tongues, we're already, we're in the stance where we hear from God and, and, and it is also rest and refreshing. So sometimes if you, particularly if your schedule's real busy, you got a lot of stuff going on, just take, man, you can do it. Just take five minutes and pray in other tongues. You don't have to pray in like, what do they call it? Machine gun tongues. But you just take a deep breath and begin to let the utterance from the Lord flow out of your mouth. Let those words be formed on your lips and your tongue. Uh, and let that just flow forth and boy, you'll be refreshed. Sometimes I, I do that. And sometimes it's just like 60 seconds. You're like, Whew, I feel so much better. That's such a rest. And then you're in a much better place, uh, to yield, uh, listen with your spirit to what he, he is witnessing in your spirit. Uh, sometimes you don't overcome another way uh, really to, to do that. And to help with that is to just lift, uh, your voice in praise and thanksgiving to God. 
because uh, he inhabits the praises of his people. In other words, when you're born again, if you begin to praise, that atmosphere becomes charged with the presence of God. And so now instead of just having him on the inside, you could sing the song, surrounded, I am surrounded, right? And so now, sorry about that, you are surrounded uh, with the, the, the atmosphere around you is charged with the very presence of God. And so you begin to, you know, pray in other tongues. Paul said, when you speak in an unknown tongue, you give thanks well. He said, when I speak in, an un- in another tongue, I magnify the Lord. And so I know, boy, when I'm praying in other tongues, I am magnifying God. I am giving thanks well. I am yielding myself to him. I am speaking words that he is giving his, his will, his plan, his purpose for whatever I'm praying for is coming out of my mouth. So uh, many times when I'm praying for a situation, I don't know very much. Well, somebody may say like, you know more about that situation than anybody else. Well, I may be aware from with the limitations of my brain. Somebody said, this is what happened. This is what's going on. But let me tell you, God's spirit knows the most intimate details of every situation. And he knows exactly what to say and exactly what to do. So uh, quite often when I pray, I'll pray and then I'll say, Lord, now you said, uh, you know, that we speak out divine mysteries and secrets when we, we pray in other tongues. Now we've prayed everything we know to pray and we've asked everything we know to ask with, with our, our natural ability or with our natural knowledge. Uh, and we're trusting you right now to just speak out anything else that needs to be spoken out, pray out anything else that needs to be prayed out as we yield our tongues to you. And then I just begin to pray in other tongues and, and let the Lord just like finish package up, do everything else he needs to do. Well, that can affect my own life, but if I'm praying for somebody else, it can affect someone else's life. You know, somebody said one time, well, what benefit is it? You know, uh, I had like a, a, not a major, but a minor uh, incurable disease. It was incurable and uh, caused a lot, a lot of pain and uh, made it difficult to walk and and different things. And so um, a friend of mine, his wife said to him, they had a little prayer group and they were praying and they said, uh, what's going on with Tim? Is Tim okay? Like physically. And he started to tell her and she said, she just interrupted him and said, uh, oh, well, it doesn't really matter anyhow. Just tell him we were praying uh, in the spirit over him and we got it. Well, what does that mean? Well, they got a note of victory. And, and so, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, that was turnaround time in my life. And so somebody else praying in other tongues had no idea what was going on in my body but the spirit of God knew. And so they took time to enter the presence of God and yield their uh, uh, tongues and their whole vessel really to the Lord to use and to speak as he chose. And when they did, all of a sudden they find themselves uh, praying in other tongues. And while they're praying in other tongues, I came up before them. So they're like, oh, we're praying for Tim. So they prayed until they get a note of victory and then they get a release and whoop, it's taken care of. Glory to God. That's a, that's a, that's a good way to receive healing, isn't it? Uh, Any way you receive it, really, is a pretty good way. But um, So uh, praying in other tongues is a huge benefit. And um, it, it's, it's one of the greatest ways to tune up spiritually uh, so that you're ready spiritually. Well, 
um, you know, how, how am I, I'm not really feeling like I'm doing that well, getting to the next chapter, but it's okay. So uh, page 147, I love this one. Proverbs 11.3, the integrity of the upright will guide them. The integrity of the upright will guide them, but the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them. The integrity of the upright will guide them, but the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them. And actually in CSB, it says the integrity of the upright guides them, but the perversity of the treacherous destroys them. And so he, he says, titled this section, Led by Integrity. So uh, integrity is a way that you know that God is leading you. And so, um, you know, somebody said, I think he gave an example here of, uh, you know, yeah, he gave an example where somebody said like, uh, you know, I just got this transfer of money into my bank account. Praise the Lord. The Lord is good. And somebody's like, don't, don't, don't tell the bank. Don't tell the bank. Well, God's not stealing from one person and giving to you. <laughs> the wealth of the wicked may be laid up for the righteous, but he's not dishonest and transferring. Anyhow. So, um, you know, uh, sometimes you find like the wicked actually are running with finances to give them to you because they just know I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. No, that's not integrity. And so the, in the integrity of the upright will guide them. So God's a big God. God's a good God. And he's a provider. And really one of the, one of the, um, what do you call it? One of the greatest hindrances to your faith is to try to um, make God do something, or I should say it this way, make something be God. Uh, well, that's not very easy to understand. So you have a situation like this. They, they got money transferred in the account. They're like, see, the Lord is blessing me. It's the Lord's doing. Well, no, that was a, a mistake that somebody made. And uh, somebody said, well, uh, uh, one time I was uh, around a little prayer group and they said, uh, okay, now we're going to pray. And anything that comes to your imagination while you're praying is the Lord. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm laughing because, boy, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm praying, especially before I kind of get over, uh, you know, in, in the spirit praying, in other words, more conscious of, of the spirit than the natural, you can have any kind of number of thoughts come to your mind that are not the Lord. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when you pray, I want to tell you, announce to you, the devil shows up when you pray, right? He wants to distract you. He wants to get your attention. He wants to uh, remind you of uh, the evil attitude that someone has about you or towards you. And he really wants to remind you of all the bad things you've done, why you don't qualify, why God won't listen to your prayer. And, uh, you know, uh, so, uh, you know, Dad Hagen used to tell us, don't try to make it happen, just let it happen right? So you don't try to make it uh, because what you do is you take and say like, this is just a natural thing. It's not the Lord. And it kind of like, you're like, oh, that's the Lord. That's just the Lord. No, what he is supernatural. He does supernatural things. He does miracles. And uh, praying in other tongues is a supernatural miracle that every believer can uh, access anytime they yield to him. Because Paul said, I will pray in the spirit. And I will pray in the understanding. Not only pray, maybe you're given to singing. He said, I will sing in the spirit and I will sing in the understanding. And so um, you can yield your voice to God's spirit. And you, I like to say, you have a miracle in your mouth. 
right? Other people, I think, say that for other things, but I like to say it uh, for praying in other tongues. It's a miracle in my mouth. And I'm like, you know, because my natural mind could like analyze things for a very long period of time. And so when I was filled with the Spirit, I began to do that because I would hear those words and I thought, am I making that up? <laughs> and so then I would go back and listen to myself and I'm like, no, I'm not making that up. And then I say, no, I am making that up. And then I, when I do that, I say, let's see, I, I, here's the sound that I, that I preformed that. Well, I realized I was hearing the sound with my mind and then I couldn't realize when I heard it, whatever, you know, I don't need to go into detail, I guess, but so I spent probably two hours doing this and I began to pray in other tongues and I analyzed my prayer. Pray in other tongues, analyze my prayer. Well, I was, I was analyzing it with my mental reasoning, but also I was checking in my spirit. Like, where was this from? And so I realized it was one of the best things I ever did because it made me solid. I'm like, no, this is a miracle. And because I was like, no, this is not me. I am not coming up with this. This is not like from me or of me. And I was a little bit like, whoa, this really is real. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, you know, it's like, uh, I'm not doing it. So some people get afraid, like, well, what if it's not the Lord? What if it's not the Lord? You don't really have business pursuing it or wasting your time on it. If it's not the Lord, let's find out now and get rid of it. Uh, if tongues is not real, well, then let's get rid of it. But it is real and it is a tremendous blessing. And so we're also led by integrity. And so God is a God of integrity. He is not a thief. Actually, he told um, Dad Hagen one time, you know, every, all the money you need is down there on the earth. I'm not a counterfeiter. I'm not a thief. I'm not going to take money, American dollars or uh, $10 or $20, $100, $1,000 and just drop them on you. What you need is down there and I have given you authority. And so your job is to actually take your authority.